Welcome to The Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we are going to be covering minute number 73, which goes from 1 hour and 12 to 1 hour 12.59. It begins with the reading out of a date, April 13th, 2004, which of course is the date on which uh, Facebook was incorporated. Uh, things move pretty quick because I have a feeling that FaceMash was like... I don't know, October the previous year, so it's kind of like less than six months since FaceMash, um, and here they are incorporating. Uh, I, it's funny because this minute, basically, Eduardo is about to get questioned about something, and his kind of reactions to where the lawyer is going are quite funny because Andrew Garfield kind of only says a few things in this minute, and they're, no? Huh? <laughs> so, and then the minute finishes with the words torturing animals. Um, and we will get into that as I talk to my guest today, which is David Kincannon. Hello, David. Hello, Darren. Thanks for having me on again. After all the kind of stuff with Sean Parker, we now turn to kind of like, we've heard we've heard about, you know, the, the articles of incorporation and uh, Sire agrees that they stipulate that this is, you know, this is what happened. And the date, of course, is April 13th, 2004. And of course, this is where Gretchen says, do you have anything? And then Sai is like, thank you. Um, and, <laughs> and he says, Mr. Saverin. And then this is where this is where we kind of get, I don't know, this, this kind of weird thing where, you know, like, Sai seems to be kind of taking him down a route. And Eduardo kind of doesn't seem to know where it's going until he finally realizes it. And it's nice to see Andrew Garfield play that realization. Where, you know, he says, have you done anything that might be considered gra- considered legitimate grounds for termination? Now, of course, uh, whether or not Eduardo did anything that was considered grounds for termination has nothing to do with Facebook. Because, um, you know, it, it, when it started, he wasn't like an employee of, right. um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg wasn't playing him a salary. Like, you know, he, he was the only one who was actually putting money into the company. So sure. it's, you know, it's it's kind of weird that this is the angle that Sai wants to take. But I don't know. It's just a nice way for us to get into uh, something that, I don't know. It's weird because this is kind of, this is probably the most kind of fictional part of the film, other than some of the stuff at the date from, you know, the date from the beginning of the film. Um, because he talks about a Crimson article, and that Crimson article does not exist. Um, unlike some of the other Crimson articles, which I've discussed previously on this on this podcast, um, the, the Crimson article he refers to doesn't act didn't actually name Eduardo Saverin. Um, so it's interesting that you know we get Eduardo kind of saying no a few times, but then when Sai is saying you know he kind of questions him and says no, um, it's, you know Eduardo's like no, and like the, just these little kind of no's, and then it's like you were accused of animal cruelty. And, you know, he's like, wait. And that's, I love that kind of, the way Andrew Garfield plays it of like, wait there a second, I think I know where this is going. And then, of course, he says, yeah, he's, this isn't happening. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he really does a good job of like, as, as I'm also an actor, you know, we talked about, we've talked a little bit about the fact that I, I work in the food service industry. I'm also an actor and like stuttering and stammering is actually like a really hard thing to do for me personally. And I think he really pulls this off well. Yeah, and, and he and he, he kind of start like he goes, Jesus Christ. And then this is where we start to cut to a completely different timeline. We've never seen this timeline yep. before. Um, you know, in the background, we will we will have uh, one of the other kind of dorm mates, uh, Dustin Moskovitz, a uh, multi billionaire, <laughs> is count is counting upwards because he's counting the amount of members. Um, and that kind of ca- that it, that happens as like a separate thing. Like nobody seems to be paying attention to him. 
it's just this nice little counterpoint that goes on for the rest of right. the minute. But it doesn't that doesn't start until tomorrow. Um, but for the moment, there's this whole thing where you know um, we kind of have Mark in the past saying, "I can't have this Wado," and he's holding like the crimson. And, you know, kind of Eduardo is like, oh, come on, this is, you know, this is a prank. This is another club playing the prank. And then kind of in the in the deposition, we have Eduardo given us, you know, I, the kind of explanation of I'd gotten into the Phoenix. I'd been accepted as part of my initiation, which for one week I had to carry with me at all times and take care of a chicken. And then it says, you know, uh, this is this is basically the lie. It says they identify you as one of the founders of Facebook, Junior Eduardo Savarin. Uh, I'm not an expert, but being connected to torturing animals is where the minute ends. Um, and so kind of that that Crimson article um, does not exist. There are a number of kind of like articles and stuff that I've mentioned. Um, but th- kind of the article that's talked about is in December 2003, there was a Crimson article that talked about animal cruelty that was part of the Phoenix, um, you know, initiations, um, which, of course, Eduardo Savarin right. was a member of the Phoenix. Um, but there's no mention of him. There's no mention of cannibalism. And, you know, there, there were kind of claims that they were ordered to torture and kill live chickens. Which is um, as way part worse. Of the initiation. Um, way worse. Yeah. Way, like, this is the thing. This is the weird thing. Like, I guess there was no kind of way for them to work that into an article about Eduardo Savarin maybe being accused right. of that. Because he wasn't accused of that. And so I guess, you know, the lawyers who looked over this film probably had to be a bit more careful in terms of what was said about Eduardo Savarin. And so obviously they didn't, you know, kind of kind of talk about that. Um, but apparently, you know, chickens have been a part of the Phoenix initiation process for a number of years. And members have been seen on campus carrying chickens around um, and even taking them to class in cages. Um, So, you know, obviously that's like a a terrible part of, you know, this kind of, I'm guessing, you know, kind of part of the hazing process, um, you know, which, you know, a number of universities I know in America have kind of banned certain hazing processes. So I don't know if this would happen today. Um, I certainly would think after the publicity in this film about people of the Phoenix carrying chickens around and kind of maybe feeding them chicken or whatever, maybe they would have discontinued that or kind of made it less obvious. Like maybe you just have to take care of a chicken, you know, in the dorms or, you know, in the frat or whatever, but not carry it around campus. Um, But yeah, so like this kind of weird thing is, you know, Eduardo is kind of getting kind of het up, certainly in this minute and the next minute about this kind of whole chicken incident. Uh, but, you know, in, in real life, maybe he had to carry a chicken around, but that wasn't ever mentioned in the Crimson, and he certainly wasn't named. So, you know, one of the few times where the script decides to kind of verge a little bit into kind of fantasy, um, you know, particularly as, and here's the thing, this is how I know it isn't real. Um, uh, the Crimson would not identify him as just Junior Eduardo Saverin. Right. They would have his graduating class after it. Right. So he would be Eduardo Saverin 08. And they didn't, you know, Mark didn't read that out. So that's how I know this is not a, a Crimson article. Um, but yeah, so like the kind of, you know, the, the, the kind of whole kind of carrying a chicken around again, it's it, to me, it just kind of like it's if, if, if there is no torture or killing involved, it just seems like a harmless kind of, you know, prank. Um, but at the same time, I do kind of like, like we say, the act like this is where we kind of focus a bit more on kind of Eduardo Saverin. Um, and, you know, in the next couple of minutes, the kind of when we flash back um, and this kind of conversation between the two of them, it's kind of interesting because obviously Andrew Garfield and Jesse Eisenberg have to play younger versions of these characters and then the older versions, sometimes, you know, 
from right. scene to scene. And so it's nice to see the kind of playfulness of Mark Zuckerberg as the younger, kind of like 19-year-old Mark Zuckerberg, which is kind of drained away from like the 25-year-old Mark Zuckerberg right. who's being sued. And so it's kind, of, it's kind of nice just to get glimpses of that and glimpses of him in the dorms, you know, with, with kind of, uh, with Eduardo. You know, it's just nice to have that kind of little contrast here. Um, you know, and the the fact that we'll talk about this more in the kind of next couple of minutes, but it doesn't seem like Mark is taking this particularly seriously in the past. Like he's almost kind of joking about it and finds it funny. Um, you know, like the fact that he says, oh, you know, I can't have this water. Like it doesn't seem like he's really serious about it. Like it just seems like he's kind of saying, well, you know, this, you know, this seems like a bit bad for us. But, you know, Facebook is just, you know, a kind of website that's only just started. So it's not really like he thinks this would be grounds for dismissal or anything, but that's obviously where the lawyers have kind of ended up taking it. Yeah, it's like one of those weird things where you're like, I, the lawyer seems to be trying to position this as, oh, well, if he screwed you out of money, you know, we've got this, he's got these grounds, you know, that that made it okay for him to terminate you, blah, 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 which is an interesting tact. Yeah. Yeah, which is weird because it's like, well, I'm sure if this, like, if this was a thing and it came out you know, as Facebook was growing, I'm sure that Eduardo would say, look, you know, I had to carry a chicken around for a week. You know, I was, I was a kid. I didn't know what to feed it. I gave it some chicken. Like, you know, that's not, that's not grounds to kind of, you know, reduce Eduardo's right. shares down to nothing and throw him out of the company. Like that, that, those right. two incidents aren't related. <laughs> like that wasn't the motivation for like, they, it wasn't kind of because they found this kind of thing in his, you know, if they, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg knew about this as Facebook was kind of getting bigger and as Eduardo was still the CFO. If he'd have felt that this incident was in any way serious, he would have got rid of Eduardo sure. at the beginning and looked for somebody else to give him money, even after he knew about the chicken thing. So, you know, if I was Eduardo, I'd just say, look, you know, you took another 19000 off me after the chicken incident. So you couldn't have thought it was that bad. But yeah, it is kind of framed as like, yeah, this was the reason we get rid of Ed right. Eduardo. It's but really it wasn't close. the reason to get rid of Eduardo. So, um, you know, it's just, it's just a nice bit of kind of courtroom kind of back and forth. Um, you know, one might say in a film that is this kind of tight, this is probably one of the scenes that you could probably, I'm not say get rid of, but it does, like, it's not vitally important to the plot. It provides us with a few kind of lighthearted moments, but the fact that they found out about this, it's not really it's not really relevant in any way and it's not right. material as to why the kind of this lawsuit is happening it's almost a little bit of a head fake from david finch's point of view because you know we won't know the real reason why this lawsuit is happening sure. for at least another like 20 25 minutes so in the terms of the film it's like kind of bringing up this is like well maybe that's why eduardo lost all his stock and is now suing mark zuckerberg uh, but it's kind of more just like a little tiny red herring in the in the middle of this. Although, obviously, as we talk about it later in the week, it does set up a few nice little gags and callbacks to uh, sure. you know, the meeting with Sean Parker. So it still serves a purpose. But to be honest with you, it's one of the things where when I'm watching this film, I'm like, you know, OK, it's it's a funny moment. But it it kind of it takes us off the main kind of path of of what was happening with Facebook. You know, we've we've met Sean Parker and now we've jumped back like. You know, that's my only criticism. You know, I, I, you know, I love this film so much, but it's just one of the things where it feels like this could have been located slightly earlier. But I don't know. I, I understand why it's it's located here because it's it's to kind of play off the uh, the whole kind of Marlin and Trout thing a little sure. bit. But you know, mentioning David Fincher, 
Um, of course, I ask on a Wednesday, uh, what are your opinions on other David Fincher films? Um, I am, I am generally a fan. I won't say that I've seen everything that he's done in the theater. Well, I can't even say that I've seen every movie that he's ever made. Um, but I do remember, you know, I did see Fight Club in the theater. I remember seeing Seven Tongue after it came out on video. I'm big fan. I'm, I'm a big fan of both of his films. Although I will say Fight Club has taken on, you know, sort of a different, uh, different feel, you know, in the in the intervening twenty years since it was released. Um, not really its own fault, but the way that people, but the way that certain people have latched onto it. Um, but this, I think, Social Network is probably my favorite David Fincher film. Um, I, th- I, I mean, I, I, I you know, obviously, I, I think Fight Club. If you just watch Fight Club and you just enjoy Fight Club for Fight Club, then sure. it's still a great film and it kind of still stands up. You know, everything in that film. You know, there's some kind of very strong themes that you know, um, kind of really work. Uh, I like you say. I, I think kind of the meaning of it over the last twenty years has kind of shifted. I'll say this about David Fincher's films, though. Um, you know, as we are kind of getting to the point now where his films are, you know, twenty, twenty two, twenty five years old. Um, I I don't think any of them have kind of aged as badly as you know some sure. directors from the eighties. Um, you know, or some directors from the seventies. There are some of their films where you now watch them. You know, forty, fifty years on, and you're like, mm, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, and even even some of the stuff from kind of the early nineties with some directors, you watch it now and you're like, eh, this, you know, the entire point of this plot kind of revolves around somebody doing something to someone that you probably wouldn't kind right. of put into a film these days and play it in such a jovial manner. And I would I would say this, I would say, you know, some of the directors from the kind of mid nineties who kind of came up through the indie scene and then kind of transitioned into doing kind of like bigger films. Um, I think, you know, stuff by like, uh, you know, Christopher Nolan and David Fincher and, um, you know, Wes Anderson. I think their films kind of stand up a little bit more because um, they were kind of maybe a bit more careful about kind of how they what they did in their career. You know, like I don't Christopher Nolan kind of doesn't seem to ever kind of just start doing a film just for the sake of releasing another film. Like he seems to take a long time before he kind of picks a project. Um, And the same is kind of true with David Fincher. You know, it's been almost five, four or five years since Gone Girl and he hasn't done another film yet. So, um, you know, once whatever he does next, I'm sure will be quite, you know, interesting. And the same is kind of true with Wes Anderson as well. I think you look at all Wes Anderson's films and you can't say that he made any of those films in a hurry. Like he takes his time over, um, you know, kind of his craft, and I, I think that's something that you know. I mean, there's uh, I can't go through every single director who's you know the same, but you know, I think there's some directors from the '90s who their work stands up a lot stronger than some '70s and '80s directors. Definitely, um, you know, and I, I think maybe kind of in the future that will kind of serve them well. The fact that their films are kind of aged just a little bit better, um, you know. So, but yeah, I mean, you know, a huge fan of. David Fincher's films, otherwise I wouldn't be talking about him. Um, so, uh, well then, let's go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug, David? Uh, yes, I will plug my other podcast, third podcast, Wrestling on the Edge of Forever, which is also on podvocacy.com. That is a, uh, a sort of a binary podcast where my, my co-host, Jason Kirk, gives me an episode of Star Trek to watch every week because I am not a Star Trek fan, and then I give him a wrestling match to watch and we come back and we kind of ask each other questions about what we've just watched. So. Okay, yeah. Uh, well, you can find us on MySpace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on Twitter at social underscore minute or on Facebook at the social minute podcast. Uh, thanks once more for being my guest here today, David. Thank you for having me. And otherwise, I'll see you tomorrow.